This episode of the See You Next Summer podcast is brought to you by Sandcaster. Uh, we love the quality of Sandcaster. We mostly use it or have the high quality of the audio recordings. And it will always help us to sound our best. We have used Sandcaster for more than two years. We love it. So right now, this episode is brought to you by them. Uh, we, we have an offer right now. Go to sencaster.com slash pricing and use our code C-U-S-E-E-Y-O-U and you will get 30% off of your first month of any Sencaster pay plan. We want you to have the same experiences that we do for all our your all your podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story. Any kind of podcast free from from cooking, movies, TV shows, we highly recommend you. So please go to sencaster.com slash pricing. Use our code C-U-S-E-E-Y-O-U and you'll get 30% off of any Sencaster pay plan. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the See You Next Summer podcast. I'm Raul Rodriguez and here's me, the, the Lucy Gray to my Coralinius No, Philip Pollahan. Hey, hey. If anything, I'm probably just a genius. I was gonna say that too. You, you could be the genius, so my my snow. Maybe. But yeah. Even though I am, I am the white guy, and you are, uh, not. Uh, uh, if I would have been genius, I would have seen the rebel, the betrayal coming though. Yeah, yeah. But still, um, what's up, guys? <laughs> oh, he's so hot though. That's a genius kid. The the actor. <laughs> what's up, guys? We're here. For yet another episode. It's the middle of the month. It's the middle of January. So let's try to... And a palate cleanser after last week. Palate cleanser. Mm-hmm. With another end of the franchise. For now. At least for now. I hope we get more. But, I mean, that's really up to Suzanne Collins because we're going back to the Hunger Games. Yay! Which we just did two months ago. And the reason we did it two months ago was because... This movie came out, mm-hmm. and that is The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. A.K.A. Terrestrial. <laughs> yes. So this is a prequel set 64 years before the first Hunger Games movie, and this follows President Snow. I think the best character that they could have done. Mm-hmm. Maybe Haymitch could have also been done really well or it could be a nice mini series but suzanne collins decided to write a book during the pandemic said it was about president snow and they really fast track it they really did fast track it um i was personally surprised when i saw this movie i was hype i had my theories of what the movie was gonna be like because i didn't know nothing about the book and when i saw it i was like damn this was really good I saw it opening day at IMAX at Universal, full theater. There was no empty seats. It was full ass theater. Everybody was hype. And everybody enjoyed the ride. And I did too. I was pleasantly surprised. And the critics were right. This is as the level as catching fire. Well, at least the first two thirds. We'll get there when we get there. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. But this is definitely a lot better than the last two movies. Mm-hmm. By a long shot. And also, it does help complement um, the thing that you told me about when we did Mockingjay, that this book and this movie complements Mockingjay in a much better way. Yeah, because we always have conversations before, 
And I was telling Raul about this because I had read the book prior and I just went, oh yeah, there's going to be a lot of things that, and little phrases that they put in there, but they don't feel shoehorned. They just feel like they've always existed. Very, very organic. The way that the name drops happen and the references to the future that is going to happen in the story. That's the thing that I admire the most, though. And the other thing that I like, it establishes Snow. We follow him as the main character. It's not forced at all. It's a really good way of uh, introducing him and also new characters. And also, even though we know the fate of Snow, it still felt like he had a lot of tension. Or how the story was going to play out. Yeah, and that's the crazy thing. It makes you root for present for Coriolanus Snow. Mm-hmm. So do you just want to start it off with... Yes. So we start the movie. I love. I really like this first scene. I would have liked it a little bit longer. That's. I want to ask you that about the book. This is three years before the High Games. And we see uh, Coriolanus Snow and his sister Tigress. They're running away, and we see cousin. This is so in the present. Sorry, this is so they're just running, and we see them seeing a lot of the streets are very dark, and a lot of people dead on the street. And we see a man chopping off a guy's uh, like I think it was like an arm or like a knee. It was a little dark though. As we see both of them as children behind a statue looking at it. Yeah. So this is what's called the first rebellion the districts and Coriolanus and Tigris. Tigris is his cousin. Mm, oh, I thought he was sister. No. Oh, okay. And then um the yes, they do see somebody take it's an arm. This does happen in the books and it's it's intense because um Coriolanus and Tigris's grandmother um say that oh your father is dead Coriolanus General Crassus Snow Crassus in real life was the name of a nobleman in Rome that was part of what it was called the first triumvirate mm-hmm. which included uh, Pompey and Julius Caesar that was the first triumvirate so very important and we also see a stained glass of how much Corio looks just like his father as well. And then it cuts to 10 years later. Part one. And the mentor. Part. Yeah, we get. The, I like that they keep the parts from the book because these are the titles of the three parts that are broken up. So it literally tells you every act. It's, they literally split it up into the three acts. So now you know. And now we get the mentor and. It's Coriolanus is now 18 and he's played by an actor named Tom Blythe. This kid will the only thing that I can think. Yeah, he has a show called Billy the Kid on MGM Plus. I might want to check that out, but yeah, this this guy's really good. And we see that. That he's just... he's chasing the plinth prize. Yes, and again, it's from the book. It's the plinth prize money. Um, the plinths are a very rich family. The, the The Snows were a rich family, but they lost their fortune. That they they didn't say this in the the movie. 
because they had invested all their money in District 13. And District 13, if you watched the last two movies, you know that they were supposedly destroyed because they were literally bombed out. And the, the Plinths are family from District 2. It's one of the richer districts. We, I see that. I like that. Um, Snow says, I was like, we could afford chocolate if I win the plane prize. And then I, then the grandma's like, I snow always lands on top. Yes, that's a, that seems to be the, the family motto, I guess. Oh, yeah. Tigress in the book is actually younger than she is here. Tigress now played by Euphoria's Hunter Schaefer. Mm-hmm. She's really good. Yeah, she is. And she's the uh, amateur seamstress as well and made buttons out of floor tiles. That's how on Coriolanus's father's shirt because they're that poor. They're just peacocking. They don't have any money. Yet they somehow could still afford an apartment. That looks like a big-ass apartment for the people that they cannot afford it, though. Yeah, they were basically... um. They they can't tell anybody either. But I like the little details though that the fridge barely has any food. I think we had like one potato and one water. I like that little detail there. And also I also like the design. The production design of like how he walks and sees this beautiful statue right in the middle, like a roundabout. And it reminded me a lot like the statues from Mexico City. Now like and then how he looks at it and he feels inspired by this from Pan Am and then this is when we go to the the academy, and I let there we he's gotten with all of his friends, and all of the friends uh they look at, another main character that is Sojanus Plint. Yes, this time played by Josh Andres Rivera, who is Chino in West Side Story. Real life is actually together with our main heroine. Ah, didn't knew that. They they they're a couple in real life. Cool. Yep. Yep, because they met on uh, West Side Story. He's gorgeous, that actor. I want, he has a future, too. I want him in more movies, shows, whatever. Give him more, more job. Because, my God, he, he's also... Viola Davis is, like, top one. Him is top two. Or, like, the acting. Oh, we'll get to Dr. Gall. But, yeah, here, it, then it transforms into a quick episode of Gossip Girl. Yes! Because it's very classist. All the... Very Serena and Blair. Yes. So Coriolanus is very well-mannered, very charming. And you buy it. You you buy him just peacocking the entire time. And he's got his friend Clemenzia. And his other friends, they're so just rude and snobby. Not assholes. They're like upper mm. class, and I mean, they even say, "Oh, look at Sejanus; he's district." If he, if I have to hear about how immoral the Hunger Games are one more time, and his liberal thoughts, yeah. So there's, because that's why I don't like him. There's three that really you should pay attention to, and that's re- really only two. One is Felix, who is the son of the president. Then there is Arachne Crane. Arachne, if you know anything about Greek mythology, that's a. Uh, th- there's a reason why they're called arachnids. Uh, just look it up. It's pretty cool. And then there's Festus, the ginger, who. Well, he becomes important because of his tribute. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so Janus comes, and I love how, like, 
he's not an idiot. He's well aware of what they think of him. And he really doesn't want to be there. And he's sort of snarky and snipes back at them. But again, if you it's very but gossip. Also girl. because he's a daddy's boy. That's also, no, that's he's a mama's boy. Because he, mama's boy. Yeah, yeah sorry. His, yeah, his father, boy. Strabo Plinth, is it's actually very different. They cut a lot of uh stuff with Strabo Plinth, who is Sejanus's father. But they're there for the Plinth Prize because it's essentially like a scholarship. And Coriolanus really needs this, and it's for the top students. He's very smart. And they go there for the 10th annual reaping ceremony. And they are being assigned as mentors because the viewership is super low. And the games were not made, they're, they're not required viewing. So people just don't watch it because they don't want to see a bunch of kids kill each other. And then we get the introduction of the best character in the movie, Dr. Gaw, by Viola Davis. Dr. Volumnia Gall. Egot Viola Davis. Oh my god. She, with the makeup and Viola Davis, she knew what kind of character it was. She knew what kind of movie it was. And she ate. Because she's like, I'm Dr. Gall, your humble game maker. I'm here to help this next generation because I'm not going to be here forever. And then now the creator of the games, Casca High Bottom, Peter Dinklage. Played by... Yes, the dean of the school, who is Peter Dinklage, and we see he's also a drug addict. He is addicted to morphling. That's going to become very important towards yeah, the end. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that when we get to that moment. I was like, oh, that was a little confused. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I thought it was kind of like a weird alcohol that he... No, that's he... that's morphling. It's essentially... Uh, like morphine? It's... it's Okay, yeah. Morphine, yeah. He's there, and they're all whispering. They're like, I can't believe they let him speak. And he, he's clearly like Hamish in the sense that he uses it clearly to hide something. And he's just there, just going through the motions, and he's like, okay, well, this year we're not actually going to have the Plinth Prize. because." And I like that Sejanus even tells Corio, um, because Sejanus and Coriolanus are sort of friends, even though are our friends, even though Coriolanus has to say, he's not my friend, I tolerate him. To the others, but Sejanus really likes Cordelanus. And that he's like, hey, we're not gonna have the Plinth Prize this year. And he just looks at him. And Tom Blythe does a lot of acting with his eyes. You can tell he's got that look that Snow has, where he has that cold look, like, oh, I'm gonna kill this person, but not actually say it. And then we see a lot, a lot of the reapings throughout all of, this, all of the different kind of like attributes. One of them is a really sick girl. The other one is a girl that looks like she has killed like 20 people. The one with the short hair. I like her. That I like her. And then there's a, the guy from 12, uh, the Reaper guy. And then we get into the introduction of our, the other main character of this movie. Lucy Gray. Lucy Gray Bear by Rachel Segler and wow I really like this character a lot too because she gets chosen and I like the little detail that everybody's wearing the same outfit but not her she's wearing a beautiful dress well her and a couple she... people because she's part of the Covey mm -hmm. of the Covey from the south yeah I don't I was sort of mixed when I was like okay why is she doing like a country accent but then I thought you know she is 
basically a traveler. She's not really from 12, as we'll learn later on. And it gives that whole class thing, because Coriolanus is very prim, proper, well-spoken, speaks very clearly, and she's more of the folksy country girl that wears the dress and is very, uh, well, let's face it, I thought Esmeralda from Hunchback of Notre Dame. And there's this girl who's just like, try to sing your way out of this one, Lucy Gray. That's Mayfair, the mayor's daughter. She's a bitch. And there's this guy who's like, I didn't know Lucy Gray, really. And she just doesn't look at him. It's just like, okay. And Lucy Gray also sparks the attention of the Capitol because she starts singing during the reaping because... And she put the snake on uh, Mayfair. Yeah, as her father, the mayor, bitch slaps her really hard, too. Oh, yeah, the reason why um, the, the students are being chosen for mentors is because the viewership is low. And Dean Highbottom is just like, well, your job is to turn them into spectacles. And of course, Arachne Crane is just like, it's just whoever wins. What if I get like a sickly girl from 11 or 12? I want one of the better ones. And then High Bottom's just like, it doesn't really matter. You're supposed to want people to like them so they can tune in. You see the gears turning in Coriolanus's head as well as he is watching. Of course, Rachel Zegler, very good singer, obviously. If you have seen uh, West Side Story, you should. Very underrated. And then she's singing, and I love that she, at the end when she screams, like, you can kiss my ass. And she does the vow like Candace did in the first movie when she when she put the, the, the arrow. That was actually improvised. Nice. I didn't knew that. I thought that was planned. Okay, cool. I was like, poetry, it rhymes. We see that she gets she gets into the train, and then we see Coraline is waiting for uh, waiting for her with a rose. But then before that, uh, Tigress says to Coraline, "I was like, please don't discount her because of her district, Coraline." I was like, "You believe in her?" As we see that uh, Coraline says, "Welcome to the capital." I was like, uh, and we see that he she grabs the the rose petals. Like, oh my mama bought me in butter and rose petals. I'm your metal. And then she says, like, you're a rebel. Good luck with that, Gorgeous. As we see that Snow... I love that all the women call him Gorgeous, too. Like, he, that's another thing, is he's supposed to be... He's very handsome. And he knows this, too. So he uses that to his advantage. and Like Teresa. Like Teresa. And <laughs> the reason that's the start of his white roses... They're white roses as well, because his grandmother has a garden. And the grandmother at this time... As then he gets in the in the in his house in the present, in the, yes, in the main movie. Yes, he keeps too. it up. And he does that not only to smell good, but it's just a little thing for his grandmother. They don't show it in the movies, but his grandmother's also incredibly classist. Oh, yes, she is. She's like that old white conservative sort of value. Um, if you know anything about that, you know what I am talking about. Yeah, I had a feeling. Like Here she's sort of senile. Not all there because she's just disillusioned. I with... was going to ask you, does she have more plot in the book? Just a little bit more. Yeah. Okay. Okay. 
And yeah, Coriolanus is we see that he should he takes initiative and he sees the opportunity. So he was like, I'm gonna try to escort my tribute to they get literally put in a zoo. Yeah, I was gonna They get no food or water. And it's essentially they're being treated like cattle. And so he sneaks his way up there. And then obviously all the other tributes are going to kill him. And Lucy Gray actually saves him. Defends him. And Mm -hmm. then they get dumped into the zoo. And then we see our local weatherman. One of the surprises. Yeah. Host of the Hunger Games. Lucretius Lucky Flickerman, played by Jason Schwartzman. And he is a um, descendant of future host Caesar Flickerman. He is great. Because Jason Schwartzman has this playfulness, but also showmanship. And just something about his voice, it's it's kind of... Uh, he's got very Cusco vibes for some reason. Yes! Which, if you've <laughs> seen our Klaus review, we do bring that up as well. Mm-hmm. And this 2023 was a very good year for Jason Schwartzman. I think he did a Wes Anderson movie. He was the main character in that. He did this movie and he did Across the Spider-Verse where he was the bad guy. Yeah, he's the spot. So, yeah, and he's also a Nepo baby because his mother is Talia Shire, who is Francis Ford Coppola's sister. Talia Shire is Adrian from Rocky. So he's a Coppola? He is a Coppola. Wow. He's part of the Coppola tr- family tree. Damn, I did not knew that. But yeah, he's just like, oh, sir, there's there's a student in there. We are just going to roll with this and see how this goes. And of course, uh, Coriolanus is kind of scared, but Lucy Gray is just like, own it. And then they go over and she is very kind to these two small children and Coriolanus is just like, well, I wanted to introduce everyone to my tribute. And then there's, he, he's like, he, he's like, nobody told me not to do this. <laughs> basically, he's like, I know I basically broke the rules, but, you know, screw you. I showed initiative. And I love that Lucretia's like, a, oh, I was like, anyway, how are you doing, girl? I was like, I don't know who you are. And then everyone's like, it's like the people behind get so insulted. I was like, hey, don't say anything. Some districts, they don't have TV. I was like, don't laugh at it. Not everyone has TV in those districts. And I'm like, that is a very cool um, uh, detail. Because in the original movie, remember that the Katniss Everdeen didn't have a projector, but then they gave her a projector for her mom to watch the games. Yes. Uh, that's a little detail that I really like. Yeah, and uh, also Coriolanus did this to humanize his tribute because he realized oh don't you want to care like this happens literally when he gets escorted but lucy gray just says hey see if you can sneak some food in oh yeah also here's some for you i saw you looking at it she's very perceptive and also she's like so are you doing this because you want the money or are you doing this because you actually care and he says both and she looks at him and then she's like, yeah, okay. 
All right. And I love that because the, the scene starts with Lucretius putting the, the coin, and then at the end of the scene, it comes back to him. I was like, damn it! That's a good, that's a good little joke over there. Because he's also an amateur magician. Yes. And a weatherman. And weatherman. And then when they go and back... And then we see that Corio goes back to High Bottom. I was like, and he's like, you should be disqualified for the price immediately. And then Sir Jano's like, the people don't care about the games. They know that they will, they're not justified for the dead of children taken away from their freedoms and rights. And then Dr. Gall walks in and was like, you feel that you landed good at playing the games, but you could be a game master like me. And it's looking at, at Coriolanus. And Hyperion was like, if they could hang the games continue. And then she says the question that is going to be important for the ending of the movie. What are the hanging games for? And Coriolanus says, they're for to punish the districts. Dull. Why the games? There's two kinds. There were two when the war ended. And then uh, and there was, I don't see why they had to compete to kill each other. Maybe we should see them like humans. And I was like, uh, who watched those games for those tributes? We can make them care, make bets. We can bend the rules. I want you, and then good at the goes of that. I want you to make And, and I love that his classmate, Clemency, is like, wait, um, are you actually going to take our ideas seriously? And she said, if it'll help the games, yeah. She's like, all right, I like these ideas. Write down a proposal and then give it to me. And then we'll see where we go from there. Because she, she looks at Coriolanus and very clearly sees potential in him. A very Palpatine and Anakin Skywalker kind of look. Yes, and with Sejanus, she also trades barbs. And is very uh, convicted. Uh, she has a lot of conviction. And is just like, okay, this one could cause trouble, but I'm not going to do anything. Because she realizes also, he's probably just going to get himself. I don't have to do anything. And then Clemenzia is also like, um, by the, I'll join Coriolanus. Because we were, we, we were class partners after all. And then we get, we see that Coralinus is getting some food. He's gonna go and deliver to Lucy Gray. And then the part the the man tribute from District Twelve, we notice a little thing that he has kind of like a bite on his neck that he got bitten by a a bat. Yeah, Jessup. Yeah, yeah, Jessup. It was like a, and I really like the moment that Coralinus and Lucy Gray are sharing the food. This joke, the I this moment I was like, it's kind of like horrible but also i know what but it it definitely is karma running around because all the other mentors start going to the zoo and also try to get like that oh yeah we 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 have a tight relationship as the well rich girl, you just see arachne the, the, this rich girl that has she treats her tribute of like playing with the bottle like an animal it's like you bitch. yeah no she literally treats them like yeah. an animal so what happens next is very much her own damn fault. Yeah, she she deserved it. Yeah, the Yeah, also, did you notice the last name Crane? Yeah, from the from the game master from the first movie. Yes. And then also the the hall they were at is Heaven's Bee Hall. Oh. Yes, including one of the students who's named I swear to God, hilarious Heaven's Bee. Nice. I, I'm sure it's spelled different, but yes, Heaven's Bee. As in Probably a descendant of Plutarch, um, Philip Seymour Hoffman. But yeah, her tribute 
grabs her by the hair, breaks the bottle, and stabs the bottle right in the throat. Surprisingly not violent, though. Not not as gory. Well, also because it's a P13. Like, Francis Lawrence already knew how he was framing it, not to show the blood and not make it like that and violent. And then the peacekeepers come, and they actually shoot that tribute. This is the... We get some pretty bad luck for these tributes. Then we see this, uh, the grandma, one of the only moments that she has, like, trust me, that girl hasn't been one since a while. They're felt outside of the capital. You will be hanged like your father, Coraline, so you keep talking to her. Yeah, that's, that's like, grandma, be quiet. A very racist kind of thing. The way that she said it, too. It's rich white people talk. Yeah. It's the kind of, like, man, what kind of succession show did you come out of and then we see them we go back into the university and we see all of the mentors with their tributes and they're gonna talk about strategy and lucy gray says that she's an orphan and then Corinne says that his mom died in childbirth and i was like uh, and then he she, he Corinne says i can send you gifts but I need you to be cooperative with me. We need to get money. And then she says, like, just give me a guitar. Oh, yeah. I love that. This is kind of like a speed date. It feels like very speed dating. Yeah, it feels like speed dating. Yeah. But it's also because Lucy Gray and Coriolanus very clearly have an attraction to each other. Like, you can tell, like, when he looks at her, like, it's like, man, she's kind of hot. And then she's just like, okay, they are gorgeous. All that sort of stuff. And of course, we got the trailer line. It's like, you want to do something for me? How about you actually start uh, thinking that I can win? And that's that's the whole thing with they both had dead moms. They both weren't named Martha, but you know that you can't have everything. And what does happen after that is uh, we get some people that are definitely better than others. That the ghost office. Oh, and her laboratory. And I love that they gave her the, the mismatched eyes as well. And the big, crazy Einstein hair. Just, I never thought of Dr. Gall that way. Like, I knew she was, she really does talk like, like, you know, those little rhyming things that she does. That's from the book as well. She is ruthless, as you'll see in this scene, because uh, Coriolanus, who spent up, uh, he was up all night writing down the proposal, and then he turned it in that morning, and Clemenzia is just like, okay, uh, she doesn't expect us to do it one night, and he's just like, I, I already did it. She's like, all right, give me the bullet points. Okay, and then they go to this huge lab, and there is this big pit of these colorful snakes that kind of look like the sewage puddle of, uh, right outside of a, a trash bed or a dumpster. You know what I'm talking about? Like the... Like that color scheme, it really, they really do look like this. Yes! And Dr. Gall is like, oh, okay, we're gonna see how, uh, which, which one of you is actually telling the truth. Because she's, she's like, okay, who wrote this? And Clemencia is like, uh, Coriolanus and I, I was obviously inspired. The whole sponsorship thing was my idea because it turns out, Coriolanus Snow is responsible for the whole sponsorship and the betting and everything. Another detail that they don't mention is he's also responsible for the Victor's Village because he saw how they were being treated and thought, hey, they should probably just get like some compensation. That way oh. they have an incentive to actually win because they don't really get anything up until this point 
aside from they just get to live. And Coriolanus realized, oh, you'll need some motivation. Basically, guaranteed financial security and housing, which is obviously a big problem. And then, uh, but Dr. Gall is like, really? Okay, you did that. So she throws the paper into the pit and goes, see, my snakes here, they're quite harmless to a familiar scent. She's like, oh, so you sweated over all this paper all night? Okay. Reach down there and grab it. Because the snakes, they have a familiar scent. They won't harm you at all. But if it's a new scent, well, we'll see. And Coriolanus is like, what are you doing? Like, stop it. And then she's too far in to this lie, so she has to go down and grab it. And you see the look on her face like, oh, shit, I'm screwed. And Dr. Gall knows this because she knows that Coriolanus did everything. And so she does. She gets bit by the snake and she gets taken away. In the books, she actually starts to get like scales and snake skin. It starts to mutate a little bit. They manage to reverse it. That would have been cool to see. <laughs> but she's pretty basically out. Yeah. Here, it's just ambiguous as to what happens to her. And Coriolanus is like, why did you do that? And she's like, like in the book, she says, I don't like it when you lie. Never lie. So that basically is the reason why Snow never lies. As you know, in the other movies, he's very much like, tell me the truth. Don't lie to me. I've, and this was the event that <sighs> made him learn. Yeah, it's, it's like I said, it's a lot of small details that they omit, but it still works. That would have been a cool callback to keep over there. That would have been cool. Yeah, it says, your suggestions are amazing. I'm going to apply whatever I can immediately. And I was like, will she die? The pleasure in one's research is one to get to find out. I was like, damn. <laughs> That's a cold line. She's just like, I don't care. Yeah. And then we get into the arena. We we see them that they're gonna, they can go and scour the arena. Now, they're not, it's not the games yet. And I love when they get into the turns and we hear this creepy voice, enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Yeah, it's it's literally just a big like football mm -hmm. stadium. Like right in the middle of the capital yeah. too. It's not just this undisclosed location or anything. Like in the like in the other movies. And I was gonna ask you that was that also like in like so in the book it's established that the the all the previous the Nangahangis have been here in this arena? Yes. Oh, okay. So that's another reason why they always switched up the arena settings was because it was stale. It was just basically a bunch of concrete right in the middle, and it would be like one day and everybody would die. But again, Coriolanus Snow is smart, and he realized, oh no, we got to keep changing it because obviously if you just stick to something for years, it gets stale People don't like that. Well, also to prevent what's going to about to happen right now. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Here, uh, and this is also why the mentors don't scour the arena to look for any advantages. And we see also that a couple of the tributes are already forming an alliance. Because if you've ever seen any reality show, forming alliances can be very advent ad advantageous. Be very good. 
No, because, uh, you know, they say united we stand, divided we fall. You have a better luck being in a group with numbers. And we see also just, while this happens, we get, well, a bombing. One, many of the tributes try to leave. A couple of them are shot. And Curry Lanus gets a big thing of concrete on him. And he's just like, help me. And Lucy Gray could leave, but actually does help him out and saves his life, Ariel Prince Eric style. Yes. And there's a small thing with Sejanus and his district is District 2. And his tribute, Marcus, was actually a classmate of his. It's seen as an insult. He even says, my father bought that his way there just to remind me that there's no going back so and then we see that lucy gray saves him and then we see that uh Corlinus wakes up and uh, Tiger says she's alive right right i was like no she is and they find out through he finds out through tigers and uh, said janus that it was a real bombing four tribus died as we see that now this is still the night before and we see that lucy gray is turned to sing to show in the showcase and she says she's singing, and I love that she's getting all of the, the all of the donations. And if you listen to the lyrics of the song, it's it's about an ex or a lover that she had that she was in love with. He cheated on her with someone else, and is like, "I hope you're happy with her now," which is what happened in the beginning. So she sings about whatever's in her life. She does sing one particular song that uh, later in the movie. And I love that uh, Flickerman says like, I don't love your ass, but being your favorite. And I'm like, ah, that's a way of not saying the line. I like how honest everybody is in this movie, because that's the other thing is if somebody lies, they, they get punished for it. Hence, again, another reason why Snow is always like, you better tell me the truth, because if I were him, I would also do that. And I love and there's. Just another thing with the Dean absolutely hates Coriolanus. We don't know why, but he just absolutely hates him. And he's like, I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure you don't win. Your tribute might win, maybe. Oh, another thing he's like, and if anybody's caught cheating, well, they don't have a future. It's important because of what comes around. And then we see Coriolanus, yeah, and then Coriolanus goes to Lucy Gray into the suit. I was like, when that bell rings, you hide in those tunnels. You save me, Lucy Gray. I'm going to get you out of there. I was like, uh, and I will get you back to that Kobe. He also has a a makeup um, mirror that actually belonged to his mother. And he filled it with rat poison because he saw in his home that there was a rat that died from rat poison. And he's like, oh, you know what? I could use that. So he slips it to her. So that's uh that's cheating because he's getting involved and then and then he says we all do things we're not proud of to survive lucy gray take this do not inhale it and then we start part two the prize yes i love also there's two sides to coriolanus there's the angel on his shoulder which is tigers that's telling him you're not like your father you're a good person you everything like this and then we got dr gall that's feeding into his ambition because we see that he's also very ambitious like all great leaders are but he's not proud and that's what's interesting but uh it's the initial onslaught i love the one take it's uh the camera moves in a cool way and just people are getting killed right and left also like the before the game starts i love flickerman with all of the 50s tvs 
you feel very hairspray? I really like the Delantero Dito. Yeah, because it's like the Hunger Games, it's like all digital and everything. And here it's more analog, like radio, which makes a lot of sense. It's very 50s, um, like 1950s sort of TV. And then we get uh, Lucy Gray starts to win because or she she makes it out because she went through a hole that is that they found earlier and that tunnel and also don't forget that the Mar- Marcus St. Janus uh, tribute he technically kind of like not technically crucified but he is kind of like crucified in one of the rocks because he well, he he gets gave Mr. So Janus uh, screams to the whole people you're monsters, all of you! And then he leaves the TV room. Even even the dean As was just like, make sure that you're seated by your friend, Mr. Plinth, just in case. Because he knows he's probably going to do something irrational. Yeah. And then we see Lucy and Jason, uh, Jason go, goes to the tunnels. And then we see the girl with the short hair. We don't really hear her lines. Oh, yeah, Coral. Uh-huh. That is Festus's Coral. tribute. Mm. The other mm-hmm. ginger. The, the pretentious ginger, and I love that he was just like, we gotta make you look more presentable, marketable. marketable. Yeah. And he's always like, for the cameras, he's like, hey, put it on her and stuff. So he's also taking initiative. He's also ruthless, but obviously nothing compared to Snow. Snow is the smartest one there. And then we see another tribute, La- Lamina. She sees Marcus, and Marcus is still alive. He's, a, he's begging for, for her to kill him, and then she grabs a little axe, and it's never shown, but I was going to ask you this from the book. So, so he's technically cutting his neck? Yeah. Oh, okay. And then... Ah, the then PG-13 violence. <laughs> yeah, I wish they would have shown it more. These deaths are very tame, for the most part. And then uh, cuts him down, and... But James Newton Howard helps a lot with the music, though, because we know that this is a violent moment without showing it, though. The music is helping a lot in a lot of moments. Oh, yeah. It's it's very good music. And like you said, the production is really good. Not just the, the big uh, sets or anything, but also, like, the costumes. And they each have... They all have meaning. And then we're getting to the stupid drones. Oh, yeah, because then they, they're starting to implement... Coriolanus's suggestions and the viewership is starting to increase a lot and you could so from the donations they can buy supplies for, to send them to the arena unfortunately the drones suck they <laughs> crash from the war yeah they're, they're just newer they just they that technology isn't quite there that's what Coriolanus uses later but yeah they're uh the games start or as it's winding down the first day, we see that uh, Sejanus actually snuck into the arena because he's very resentful of the of the games because of its cruelty, and he's. And then Doctor Gall goes to Coriolanus and like, "I don't wanna, I wanna make these rebels to make fun of my games. Get him yeah, out of there now." Yeah, because she recognizes, hey, this could be a spark of the rebellion and stuff, and then. Snow is just like, why don't you just send peacekeepers? And she goes, so he could just run away like a rabbit? No, no, no. He actually trusts you. I want you in there. And he's like, what do you, what's it going to do to have two dead mentors? And she said, just make sure that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. So they sneak him in. 
And he's just there also. And then she cuts yeah, the feet. Like, because then it's also established that there's kind of like live streaming the whole thing, but she cuts the feet for, for an hour. She's like, because that's how long I yeah. would be able to give you before people start to realize, oh, something's up. When Coriolanus goes in there, we see that... I mean, that's basically the second time he's gone into the lion's den. And he goes in there to extract Sejanus, and he's just like, what's the, what's the point of even doing this? And he's just like, dude, your family wants you out of there. I want you out of here. I don't want to be here. Let's get the hell out of here, because you're probably going to get yourself killed. And then she says, I don't want you... I don't want you to be another body in Yeah, ghost basically, war. he's like, hey, you can fight outside of it like a liar. Because clearly he's just like, oh, you can, you can help in other ways. And that was one of the things in uh, the third part after, um, well, well, we'll get to that. But Coriolanus and them, they're starting to get attacked by the tributes. And Coriolanus has to kill one of them. And this is established. This is the first time he's ever killed somebody. And it affects him really badly because he goes home and he talks to Tigris and he just went, I had to kill someone. She's just like, oh no, man. I'm so sorry. How are you feeling? And he's just like, the thing was, it felt powerful. And she's just like, no, don't give in to it. You had to do it. And then Coriolanus goes to Dr. Gall. It's like, you had enough of the games today? What you saw today is humanity getting undressed. You saw civilization leave. And then Coriolanus is like, those children have no choice. I was talking about you. All of your manners, education disappeared for you just to stay alive. You need to ascend what human beings are and what to do to control them. I love that she's basically, she's delivering this like it's Shakespeare. But these are really good lines. Yeah. Like, you're, you're very much, uh, she has your attention. And you gotta have a really good actor for that. And Viola Davis is, there's a reason why she is an EGOT winner. She's very, she's a theatrically trained actress, and... She's one of the few people that actually gets to keep her role in the in the new DC universe that's coming. Because, yes. Pretty convenient. Well, also, she's like the best casting for Amanda Waller that you could have. True. She's a great Waller. Um, we see later that one of the tributes, Reaper, because um, c- there, there's a lot of people that have died, including the... The tuberculosis girl, because there was a big fight scene where Coral and her group try to kill Lucy Gray, and Coriolanus sends a bunch of water to just come crashing down, like boom, 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 crashing into them. One of the tributes was like, hey, you can't help them. And he's just like, I'm not. I'm sending them water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she puts some rat poison in uh, one of the waters and one of the water bottles um, empties out all the others just to make sure. And I like that. Coral's like, well, we'll put them in a pile and put it in the middle. Very much like the first Hunger Games. But the reason why I bring up Reaper is because he starts to... The rabies. No, 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 that's Jessup. That's Jessup. Yeah, yeah Jessup. Sorry, yeah. Uh, uh, that was established. He was a f- The rabies was starting to get to him. And he convinces the other mentor to just basically mercy kill him. Because he's like, he's, he's done. He's not going to win this. And she's just like, yeah, but I'm not going to feel good about this. And he just is like, you know, just looks at her like... 
well, shit, sorry. And then he gets scared of the water and just lands on the rock on the on the concrete and just it's pretty like ooh yeah and he gets um he dies but yeah reaper reaper came back with all the tributes put them in a big like line gives them oh when when he grabbed that then yes and then everyone was like (gasps) you know because that's that scene is an act of defiance as well it's also very disrespectful like if you grab some, if you this grab this is when that the gal gets super pissed. Yeah, because one of the other tributes to the president's son Felix, um, he was in the hospital because of the bombing, and then conveniently is like, I hate to interrupt our games at this convenient time, but Felix has died. Now I don't want. It is essentially just like, hey. I don't want the rebels to celebrate that this happening. Something big will happen, even if there's no victor in this game. I will rain down them a rainbow of hate or whatever. And then Coriolanus realizes, oh, she used that words to describe her snakes. Because uh, there was a line where it was, you asked me about why the snakes are that colorful, because I want my enemies to see before they die. See them before they die. And also before Coralinus give the, the the rat poison to Lucy Gray, he cleaned some of her tears with the handkerchief. Yes. And they've gotten very close, like in a sexual way, like like in a in a in a romantic way. And it's like, ah, oh, it's actually what Katniss and Peta what were actually it's Starcross lovers. Very convenient that she's a girl in District Twelve as well. Nothing Nothing yeah. suspicious about that. And then... And then Coralinus pulls the handkerchief in the pile of snakes. Yes, because he's just like, oh, my stitches came loose and I don't want anybody to get suspicious for Dr. Gall. So that's how he snakes there. So that's the second thing that he does. It's his father's handkerchief as well. And then the snakes are released into the arena and they kill everybody except for Lucy Gray. And Gall is initially just like... But Lucy Gray remember that she killed that guy in the on the vent where he put some ram poison on the vent while she was trapping. Yeah, the and yeah. then there's the the small girl Wovi, who um, is just like I want to go home, and she's also got Down syndrome, but so she's really cute and just adorable. And but when the snakes go down, there's like a massive wave, and it just envelops them all. Reaper dies. Everybody the dies. The other guy dies. And then Coral, of course, is who has been the Cato of this game, like very much the leader and kind of a bitch to everybody. But you kind of understand it. But it she is, still begs at yeah, the moment. Yeah, because yeah, she's they're still kids. And then and then she's like, Lucy Gray, yeah. let me out, let me out. And then Flickerman was like, All colors lead to gray. And then she starts singing. And then Festus is just like, she can't sing forever. Because the, she she made a comment about, oh, the snakes found me because I'm like a snake charmer. And then and then Corinne's uh, uh, girl was, she won, let her out. And then freaking was like, it's her call, Mr. Snow. As they see the doctor go, I was like, why are they attacking her? It's the singing. And then everybody starts giving to doctor go, let her out, let her out. Yeah, because she's just, like, so, like, doesn't want to declare her victor. Because she knows if she does this as well that the 
people that want to cause another rebellion, they would have something. Mm, they will have an image. And then it was, I was like, uh, and then I was like, who will watch the game and there's no victor? And they declare Lucy Gray as the winner. Yeah, and then she's like, okay, fine, get her out. And then it's like, yay! And you think that it's over, but uh, he's later confronted by Dean Highbottom, and he's like, oh, yeah, we found this on her. The rat poison. And the handkerchief. And the handkerchief. Also, it's established that he knew Coriolanus' father. So C.S. should be Crassus Snow. Very convenient. It's it, like how the snakes did not attack her. And then he goes, Oh, do you hear that, boy? That's the sound of snow melting. The snow, the sound of snow falling. I said this you. Because like they always say, they're like, the snow lands on top. But yeah, that's the sound of snow falling. I sentence you to 20 years as a peacemaker. Peacekeeper. A peacekeeper. Sorry. Yeah, peacemaker is the DC. I know, uh, sorry. I was like, what amazing! It's because of Viola Davis. I know, it's because I got confused because of Viola Davis. <laughs> yeah. I, it was too late when I was watching this movie last night, okay? But yes, that is the second act. And now we get into the third act. Where the first half of this act is... It keeps this momentum going. The pacing is very good. This is a two and a half hour movie. Mm -hmm. Yes. But the pacing is very good. And now we're at part three. The Peacekeeper. So this is where he gets a buzz cut. Oh no, his golden locks. And he becomes uh, a Peacekeeper. And... And then he's um he technically brags his way to go to 12 because he originally he was going to go to 8. Yes, and... Um, Highbottom was putting there, him there on purpose. And then he it's shown in the books, but he was thinking about killing himself because he's like, oh, my future's destroyed. I'm not going to do this. And then Sejanus is there as well, and that snaps him out of it. And he's like, what am I doing? Because Sejanus is joining the Peacekeepers as well. In the books, he wanted to be a medical officer, even though it's established he's actually the best marksman. Oh, out of them when they do shooting training and they cut a lot of the peacekeeper stuff like you meet a couple of his units and they call him the gent because of his good manners we see and they have to go to this hanging and there's a guy that's like run little run and all the jabber jays or or the mocking jays you hear that and it's very disturbing because you just hear them all repeat run little run run it's just so creepy yeah and that's another thing that's why another reason why Coriolanus hates mockingjays he really hates those birds and we're gonna see why and gall also established oh we had jabber jays we used these during the rebellion to try to get information but then they caught on and gave us false information and that shows them how it works there's a lot of um Little, little things that they, a lot of setup and a lot of payoff. Nothing, there's a lot of Chekhov's guns. And they, oh, sometimes literal guns. Mm -hmm. and, and this is when we see uh, Coriolanus, uh, he goes to the factory and he sees a concert and then he finally sees Lucy Gray. And they're so happy. And I'm just going to say this, they probably fucked. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I mean, two attractive teenagers around that time, like 17, 18. Oh, yeah. Hormones were probably crazy. And it wasn't a coal factory. There's literally heat in there. Yeah. It, it was like you, you, you see these two interact with each other and you're just like, they're going to do it. Yeah. You don't know when, but they're going to do it. Yeah. And then we see that uh, the ex uh, the the ex of Lucy Gray, Billy, starts a brawl. Billy Tope. And this dude is basically drunk redneck. He's like, Lucy Gray, I'm better than you. And he's there with the mayor's daughter as well. And she's a total cunt. <laughs> I mean, I know that's a that's a harsher word, but she really is. She's so vindictive. And she takes advantage of her of power. Lucy Gray, because it's... it's yeah, and she's just, I think she's honestly just jealous. And this place, The Hob, it's basically just a big concert hall. Everybody's there. It's a great time. It's a lot of, it's where we hear more. The line dancing. Yeah, it's, it's basically a country bar. A lot of, when I heard these, or saw these song lyrics, which are in the book, I never thought country, but they work. Like, it's very folk, very, um old country like johnny cash and stuff like that it really does help with making the it, it feels so lively and everyone's having a great time even coriolanus is having a good time and yeah i would want to go there and then after this uh we going to the metal the same metal that we saw in the original movies as we see that lucy gray is composing the hanging tree and she says we made up at midnight at the hanging tree as she, Lucy Gray, reveals that High Bottom sent her home with some money. And then he, High Bottom told me that he was glad that I survived you. And then uh, says, you're not a killer, Lucy Gray. Yes, I am. Both of us are. Me and Adelaide, we could be free. As we see that Coralinos goes back and sees so Jane is talking to Billy Tobe. And I was like, uh, and then Cor and so Jane was like, I remember Coralinos, you're always watching. When is your turn to wait in? Yeah, and then um, he notices one night when they go back to talk about he uh, uh, rebellion because um, Coriolanus confronts Sejanus and says, why are you helping them? And he's like, you said I could do something. He's just like, I did that to make sure that you would be alive, you fool. And secretly records him talking, basically rats him out. Yeah. And then he sends that Jabber J to Dr. Gall. And then we see that we see Lucy Gray. Uh... In the lake, we curl in. It was like, a, what are those? It was like mockingjays, we call them. Maybe maybe one of them flew away. Some mystery like me. Why do you like the capital so much? The capital is civilized. Is the hurricane civilized? We could be free here, Coralinius. And then as we see one of... Uh, one of yeah, the, this is where um, also the film... Like, Coriolanus is always conflicted and stuff. He still got some morality to him. And then around this time, you're starting to see just it's starting to deteriorate and you see some red flags oh, yeah. pop up like, oh, OK, he made a comment like that. We're just going to ignore that. It was probably just like he didn't know any better. And then one of the Kobe's and one of the Kobe's says to Lucy Girls, like, oh, was like, we can use it to eat. I was like, oh, was like, it's too early to that too for the rules. They call it one potatoes. I call it cannabis. Has a better ring to it. And I just went, uh... Ah, you had to do it, movie. You had to do it. I liked it, though. Yeah, and then I remember uh, the audience in my theater 
there's the stupid teenagers. They were on their phones the entire time. And to those people, I'd say, fuck you. I was going to throw my drinks on them. But then I heard, uh, Katniss, did you just say that? (laughs) Like, they were, they were... They're really, really stupid. And then uh, I was like, uh, um, then we see that Coralinus goes to his general. I was like, uh, why are you here, Coralinus? No. I mean, also, the general played by Burn Gorman. Oh, if the you, guy if from the Pacific, yeah, Pacific Rim. I, that's why he looked familiar. Yeah, the, the slimy looking scientist from Pacific Rim. And he's also in The Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. He, he's just He just looks like a slimy dude. I don't, feel, I don't think he is in real life, but... Yeah, his name is Burn Gorman, which is that's just a perfect name for him. And then I was like, I'll make an I make an enemy in a, in the capital. I was like, I'll rank you to District Two. This is an honor, Private. You cannot refuse it. Obviously, Coraline is. I literally like this detail too. Him looking at the TV, at the fifties TV screen, and he's FaceTiming. Oh, Tigress. Yeah, and he's telling her about that. But Tigress. And it looks in black and white, and it's so cute, though. I, I like that little detail. I was like, God damn it! I wanted more little moments like he's, this. Yeah, he's one of the. She's one of the few people he actually shows warmth with and confides with, because he always has this facade. And then Corinus knows that they think he got kicked out, that they they're not living in another place. Yeah, but no, the reason why he wants him to go to District Two is because he did a test for officer training. And he actually passed. And he was just like, well, it also helps that I can actually read unlike half of the recruits. So that also shows a lot of the districts, even in the upper class, or they, they were poorer as well. So a lot of them don't know how to read. Well, also because we know that Carolinas wants to be part of the government. We know from very early. Yeah. And then we see that um, this is the moment that you already said about when uh, Carolinas uh, um, betrays Sir Janus through the recording. And then we see Ozeka. But like a lot of detail that, that he says, Corinne Ozeka, Ozeka, you always have your father to to help you out, to buy you out. I don't have anybody. I won't be happy because of it. Don't make me refuse to rescue you again. As we see that, uh, and then that thing that was already recorded, that he was helping Billy Toe for the the whole thing. Yeah, they they want to escape to the mm-hmm. north. The north. To Canada, probably. Yeah. And then we go into another concert. Yeah, and while this happens... I like the littles in this song. I was like, you're as pure as the driven snow, cold and clean, swirling over my skin. You call me, the world is cruel. I was like, oh, interesting. She, she <laughs> speaks with metaphors, but it just happens that... Oh, yeah, the name happens to fit with a good metaphor. And it's also just like the irony of it, because we know better. The whole thing, though, is you're actually wanting him to do the right thing but you know that's not going to happen. That's interesting, too, because that's the danger with prequels is you know certain characters' fates. But how do you still surprise people, even if you know their fates? And Lucy Gray is a big surprise, though, because we don't know where her character is going because she was never mentioned in the original. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's the thing. New characters. And you get to like these characters. And this is also mainly, I think she did it because she, uh, Rachel Zegler was chosen because she could sing and act and you need somebody like that for lucy gray and she's very short so that helps with like the the height disparity <laughs> um but while this happens he sees sejanus goes back with billy tope and this other guy named spruce who's basically a gun dealer and the mayor's daughter mayfair follows like an idiot realizes oh what are you doing billy 
and Coriolanus gets caught and is like, oh, this guy's going to tell. And Sejanus is like, no, 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 he's, he's fine. But Sejanus, he didn't know about the guns. Yeah, Sejanus did not know about the guns. And then they start to get into an altercation. And Mayfair is just like, I'm going to tell. Because Lucy Gray comes back there and stumbles upon it. And also Mayfair is technically confessing that because of her, that's why Lucy Gray got chosen for the games. Oh, yeah. No, that's exactly what happened. And then she's about to run off. But Coriolanus kills... Uh, Mayfair. Yeah, and then uh, while that happens, Spruce takes the guns, and Sejanus gets out, and then, uh, uh, or because... Uh, Spr- and then the Spruce kills Billy. Yeah, because Billy's like, charging at him like an idiot, like, and he's like, boom, he's like, I never liked him anyway. And I love Sejanus' panic, the way that he's crying. Yeah, and Coriolanus is like, get it together, man, get out of there. We gotta, we gotta hide the weapons because it's the only thing that'll tie us. And then Coriolanus is just like to Lucy Gray because she's also freaking out. He's like, just get out there, act like nothing happened. We'll deal with it. And then he tells us, Janus, you're here. We're brothers. I'm gonna keep you safe." And I was like, "You lying bitch!" Oh man, that was like you lying. And then <laughs> ter- Teresa moment because what happens is Doctor Gall ended up getting the Jabberjay, mm-hmm. and Coriolanus has to be there for his hanging. Because they also captured Spruce and the girl Lil from earlier, and they all get hung. And Sejanus, right before he gets hung, just yells out "Ma!" <gasps> and then all the mocking jays, you just hear "Ma, Ma!" So it's literally swirling around Coriolanus's, uh, yeah, swirling around Coriolanus, basically making him feel so guilty. But he just has to stand there. And again, credit to Tom Blythe. He has to stay there. A lot of acting his without eyes. saying anything. A lot of his eyes. Same thing with uh, Rachel Zegler. There's a lot of acting with the eyes, and there's a lot of close-ups of the face. This is my favorite moment. How St. Janus is reacting to a recording. I was like, this is a rebel. One of us, says, says, says the general. And I love that the Tom Blythe, um, he's never looking at St. Janus before he gets hanged. And also, I love the pain on his eyes, but at the same time, kind of like... Well, yeah, because that's why he knew he knows that if he looks at him, he's going to out himself. And I like the conflict in his eyes, because one side shows fear, the other side shows also kind of like he's proud of what he did. And that is the thing. That's his defining moment, because we obviously know what he chooses. Mm-hmm. And from that moment on, he is... Uh, there's no going back. Yeah, and then we see that cow go, goes to Lucy Girls like Major Us wants to find the murder weapons to kill her that kill his daughter. And I was like, uh, and then Lucy Girls was like the torture for information here, Corolinius. And then I was like, um Oh, because the mayor also just I, he just wants a scapegoat because he just lost his daughter and Lucy Gray is the most prime suspect. She has all the reason. And so she's like, I'm not meant to stay here. So why don't you just come with me and we'll run away together and we'll be free. And then he's like, okay. Come away with me. I was like, uh, we can go out where we still can. I'm loyal to the capital. <laughs> My new empire. <laughs> and then this is where this, it starts to, and, and they sort of rush this a little bit. This yeah, is this feels rushed. To like, okay, we got to tie up all the loose ends and everything. This feels like this in the book as well. It feels very like uh, we need to get into the setup, like uh, to set up the the next. It's moment. like, oh, okay, we've been spending too much time, but uh, we gotta we gotta wrap this thing up. We we gotta catch it up. 
yeah, this time it's going to be, it has different meaning because, uh, you know, where they hung a man, they say who murdered three. In that case, it was the other guy. And now in this case, we know it's Coriolanus because now he's technically murdered three people. And on the way, Coriolanus finds the, the weapons that Spruce had in the cabin by the lake. And then he also says, or she says, I think there's good in every single one of us. And he's like, Puh. and then she's like, no, 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 I'm serious. And it's our job as human beings to stay on that line or we cross over into darkness. You see, it's the whole thesis of the movie. And then it's not good to kill anyone else. And then uh, three is enough. Who's the third girl in this? Myself. I love the setup where she, the look of realization, she's like, oh, no, no, no. Where, where she has that face where she's like, oh damn like she knows now he basically he implicated sejanus so he confessed without confessing it's like a serial killer it's the smallest details that give it away which i saw a movie also that month called thanks killing where that's where i got that oh from my God. <laughs> i can't believe i'm mentioning thanks killing or thanksgiving such a good um, looking movie it's basically Scream, but with Thanksgiving. Yes! I was like, I was like, he's... With, ironically enough, someone from the Scream movies. Uh, and also very poet, but also very Teresa kind of like, I was like, myself, I kill him to come with you, and I'm like, you fucking Teresa. And bitch. no, no, he looks at her, we see he, he grabs her small Reese Witherspoon chin and everything, and then she's just like, okay, <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna go get some more food. And she, he's like, this is the only thing that ties me to the murders. And then she's like, yeah, everybody but me. And then you see the look on his face. He's like, oh, Lucy Gray is the only link. She's the only one that might know. I was like, uh, no more loose sense besides me, right, Carolina? You wouldn't tell anyone. He's like, I'm going to get some kindness. I thought you said it was too early. Yeah, <laughs> no. I have to go back to my home More planet, planet now. <laughs> And then we see that Lucy- we just mentioned Pucci last episode. And then too. we see Lucy is hiding from him, and then we see the Coriolanus is his mother's scarf on the on the floor, and then he picks it up and a snake bites him. I was like, "Is that poisonous, Lucy Gray? Are you trying to kill me after everything that I've done for you?" And then he goes very kind of like very, but like with the gun, he starts shooting at everybody at everything. And the Mackin Jace is just repeating that he screams and then it also he sees lucy gray in the distance and we don't know if she's actually shot because he's bit by a snake and he's not of the right mindset they make it very ambiguous what happened i want to ask you this about the book is she really singing before she shows her he, he no no, no. Or he, is he this hears a thing from the movie the singing the mockingjay singing uh, the, yeah. the hanging tree okay. song taunting him uh-huh. Feeding into his fears, like, oh, look at you've done. Now you gotta live with this. And then it's made very unclear about what happens to Lucy Gray. And then the Jabber Jays are doing the mocking jay doo, 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 doo. Yeah, it's that too. Lucy Gray has disappeared. Whether she got shot or if she managed to escape, we never know. And the thing is, we don't need to know. We never know. Yeah, I like that too, though. I do like that openness about Lucy Gray, though. For Coriolanus, it doesn't matter. Because she's gone, regardless. In the book, he said, yeah, I probably wouldn't have been able to stomach it anyway. 
So it's probably for the best. And then he also makes a vow in the book. He's just like, I'm never going to fall in love again. It makes you do stupid things. And it made me very stupid. If I do get married, I'll marry somebody that I don't love that way. And it's basically at this point, he's just abandoned his morality. Yeah. We see him getting rid of the guns at the lake. And this is my question that I have for you. What did Sir Janus have in those vials? In the vials? Yeah, remember that he goes to Sir Janus' uh, like, belongings and he sees his diploma, the photo that he has with, with, with Coralinus, and he has three vials. Why did Sir Janus have three vials? Oh, that's Morphling. So he just had it just because? Yeah, just like, just in case. Oh. You know, it's, I mean, if you get injured, that could be there. But um, this is actually the last shred of humanity of Coriolanus because he does get Sejanus's belongings and we see him break down and cry because he realizes oh no I've done it and I can't go back but on the other hand he's like now I can this also presents an opportunity for me to make a move because he was getting ready for officer training and so even in when it seemed like he had no future he made himself he presented himself with opportunities or, or he, he always made the initiative to be better than what he was given. Then the general's like, there has been a place of change of plan, Mr. Snow. As we see that uh, Corellinus goes back to Dr. Go, you pass all of my tests. I pardon you through the president immediately. You will start under me in the Capital University. I cannot afford it. Mr. Plain will pay after all. You were such a good friend to his genius. He doesn't know how good of a friend you were, of course. I never mentioned your recording. You sent him to the news, your only friend. The president agreed to another year of the gains because of you. So now I'll ask you again, what are the gains for? I thought it was punishment of the war. Now I know that whole world is the arena, and we need them to determine who we are, and who you are, the victor. Welcome home, Mr. Snow. And then you can hear dun 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 dun. <laughs> no, but it's so good. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> so yeah, now it's like he can go to the university and he's gonna be taught under Dr. Gall specifically. Because it's also shown that she wants to tutor him to be a game maker as well. And then outside of that, you know how he always rises above his station. And then he gets his hair is grown back now, and it's cut very similarly. He's starting to look just like his father. And even the grandmother's just like, oh, you look so handsome. And even Tigris looks in him and is like, you look just like your father. And But she sort of says it like, oh, no. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> she realizes by the look in his eyes, well, he's sort of cold. And calculating and everything. But yeah, when he got Sejanus' belonging and stuff, we saw him break down crying and everything. And it's, again, Tom Blythe is very, very good. And then we see that Coriolanus goes to high bottom. So it shows Sejanus' belongings. I was like, it could have been his 19th birthday. You grew a heart in those districts as high bottom, not in the games. And I love the little inflections that he does. You can definitely see how he turns into Donald Sutherland. He's very much the snow that we know now, where it's just a cat and mouse game, but with words. Mm-hmm. I was like, your father created, helped me create them. Your father stole the plan from me. He put our names. I tried Morphins is the first kid that... Yeah, because he games. said, this what he re- 
we learned the origin of the Hunger Games was actually, it was an assignment in a university to create a punishment so horrible that our enemies would never forget it. And High Bottom was like, well, yeah, your father is actually responsible for it. Half of it, anyway. Because I came up with the plan. I was drunk. And in the books, he said something like, I've always been good at puzzles, and your father goaded me on. I thought it was just a private joke between us. But he decided to turn it in. And it was against his wishes. So, of course, High Bottom never forgave Crassus Snow for that. And so he really just, he became a drug addict. Like he says, I tried morphling the first time the first child died that night. Peter Dinklage is so good as this. We never, I don't think we ever mentioned that Peter Dinklage is, is high bottom. He's really good. But he's Peter yeah, Dinklage. He's, also got he's that, such a good, a good name actor. Like, yeah, he's also got that um, Are you Shakespearean kind of die, like uh, delivery? Cr- um, charisma. Yeah. And just, you have his that presence. Or he has your attention. Yeah. Yeah, presence and is a better we see, word. We see that he's like, I always try to stop it. And then you came along. Show the people the price of a good show. The plot of future generations in my hands because of you. Tell me, was she sad when you left 12? They told me she disappeared. There's no trace of her. Mystery make people go mad. Look at you. At- no, no, mysteries have a way of unraveling basically saying what goes around comes around mm-hmm. Look at you. but then he just goes well then just know this snow lands on top yes. and then he leaves him there and we saw morphling uh bottle of course high bottom drinks it and this is the one that kills him but unbeknownst they didn't show it. That's the thing that I was going to ask he you. He put rat poison in So there. in the book, he put the rat poison in. It's actually how he does it is a little more complicated than the books. Is oh. that he unscrewed it, and he was very careful. He was like, it was very hard to do it, especially with gloves, but I managed to do it. And he threw the morphling bottles in the trash, knowing that the dean was going to then take it out of the trash and then do it. But this starts his trademark of killing people with poison mm, like he did crane yes but he takes care of the dean who's been a nuisance to him and a thorn in his side and now he's got nobody in his way and i love that when he exits out it's snowing as snow is literally landing on top and he sees the statue of like the future that he's gonna have and then we cut out and was like, is the thing that we love the most that destroy And then we get our graphic of the songbird and the snake. As we now know, the songbird and the snake. It was pretty obvious who it was going to be. But yes. And then, and then it ends with an Olivia Rodrigo song, because why the hell not? The staple of the, of the franchise of ending it in a bad song. Yes, with a current artist at the time. Misses me at the theater right next to Alonso. I was like, ese hombre es malo. Like singing the theme song of Teresa Parina, man. I was like, damn. My God, this movie is too good. It's a really good movie. Mm-hmm. And I gotta say, first two thirds, as good as Catching Fire. But the big thing with everybody, that's why it got mixed reviews, was because the last act, it's, 
the, the pacing is very rushed and it felt like, oh, we got to get there to the finish line. Unlike the last movies where it was like they tripped and dragged their way to the end here, it felt like they rushed to it. That's how the book was. And I don't think it could have been adapted any better like even if they did make it into a second movie i don't know how much of a second movie yeah now i feel like yeah you can make this into like a one movie i think there would have been too much failure now that i think about it yeah they could have done that but that still does not make the movie bad or maybe just add like 15 more minutes not to rush the this part is the three. for me this is the second best movie next to catching fire i do love how much it builds on the world the aesthetic of it, the acting is great. The production is great. It's shot really well. The music is really well made. And just, it's a good return to the franchise. And it makes me wish, it makes me hope that Suzanne Collins writes more stories like this. But at the same time, I'm telling you right now, right now if she doesn't write another one, they still pretty good though to leave it like this though. Oh yeah. yeah. I agree. Yeah. I agree. If this is what we're gonna do, um yeah, I'm okay with that. I mean like I wish you know the only one thing that I could see maybe like a sequel to this story, I would like to see Snow as the game master. Maybe just one book. That would have that would be cool. But if they don't wanna, I wanna they don't see... wanna do it, that's fine still though. I wanna see Hamish's story. I heard that's pretty hardcore. It is pretty hardcore. But yeah, um, do you just want to rank this thing and then call it a day? Um, like I said before, just last thoughts. The acting is amazing. There is no weak performer in this movie. There is no bad actor. Sometimes when you see that some of these movies, you say, oh, this actor is not good. That one is not good. But there is no weak performance here. I'm surprised that Viola Davis, uh, Viola Davis still steals the show, even if you have Peter Dinklage right there. My God, and also the story is great. I give this movie just because my little complaints about the pacing is part three. I will give this movie a nine. Still very good. Wow, that's a very high ranking. Yeah, I don't remember what I gave Catching Fire, but you know I what? I Catching Fire an eleven. I'm going to give this movie. I'll also say nine. Yeah. It's pretty dang good, and if you want to start Hunger Games, like, if if you're a fan of Hunger Games, you're going to catch all the little references, and if you're not, it's a great way to introduce the franchise to the character, because then you can immediately go to the first Hunger Games and then know all about Snow. Yeah. And also, it's very well-directed. Francis Lawrence did a top job. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And so, yeah, we have now finished two franchises and now we're going to talk about two of the most controversial films ever movies that we have postponed for a while and i'm just going to say it after we talk about these movies at least for me i'm never going to talk about them publicly again the discourse it's never going to end and it's so tiring but yes this next week ooh, it's going to be a big one Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. And I know you're probably groaning right now. And yeah, yeah, I can understand why. But uh, I'm excited to talk about it. We're probably not going to talk about every single detail because these these next two movies are very, very long. Yeah, <laughs> but we're going to talk about obviously. Yeah, of course we are. Well, we're going to talk about the ultimate edition because it's the only edition. The theatrical cut, I'm just going to say right now, is horrible. Yeah, the theatrical cut sucks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 
but maybe we're we're gonna say some stuff about the ultimate edition we're gonna see i haven't rewatched it in a while and overall i'm hoping for the best but i'm also i'm well aware of the criticisms and a lot of them are genuine i understand that but yeah next week batman v superman after we're done with that and after that we're gonna end the month with the snyder cut Zack Snyder's Justice League. I'm never going to publicly talk about them ever again. I want to put this to bed. Just get it out of the way. Like I said, tying up loose ends. Loose ends. Yeah, I can see the theme on this month. I like it. I like it. Very interesting theme. Mm -hmm. But yeah, next week we're doing Batman v Superman. Get prepared. And if you don't want to listen to it, just don't listen to it. it. Yeah, but as always, you can find me at RoboRDC on Twitter, Instagram, and on Letterboxd at RoboRDC. Please follow the podcast in SYNS pod on Twitter, and you can send on Apple, Spotify, and the other ones in Jubilee. Yes, you can follow me on Twitter and Letterboxd at MasterofPuns196. Every word starts with a capital letter. You can also follow me on Instagram at BillyBatsonsLightning. Nothing is capitalized. And once again, you can follow our main show Twitter at SYNSPod, as well as give us a five-star review and just write a review on Apple Podcasts, as well as listen to us on Google Spotify, SoundCloud, Spotify for podcasters, wherever podcasts can be listened to. And as always, see you next summer. Hoo, 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 hoo. Yeah.